watched Hunt for the Wilder People? Not yet. Um, oh, well, been... okay, now I'm going to have to pivot and figure out what I want to open up with. <laughs> it's been sitting in my queue for about three years. And when Sam Neill was on, was on Mark Marin, Marin they yeah. were talking about it. I'm like going... Oh yeah, I gotta watch that movie. <laughs> it's it's what reminded me too. Um, well, let's let's Did, introduce the podcast. This is Mental Platypus. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can uh, follow us on social media for Twitter and Instagram at mental underscore platypus. You can get in touch with us by hitting heading over to mentalplatypus.com and. Uh, hitting the contact page and uh, you can send us an email from there. You can also please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Uh, we've got some nice solid reviews over there and the more that we get, the more visible we are to people. So that's super important. And wherever you listen to us, please subscribe and um, rate and review. If, if that service does it, I don't, like I listen to things on Stitcher, and because um, I've got the the premium membership thing, and I don't think there's any. I mean, you can favorite things and you mm-hmm. subscribe or whatever, but there's no there's no leaving a review through it. So yeah, as someone deeply entrenched in the Apple ecosystem, you know i i uh, I know how important those five star reviews are. So help us out. Uh, please, if you would. Um, and if you want to hunt for Jared. Uh, As I am growing into a wilder person. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, find him on LTD underscore engagement on Twitter. Uh, and um, you can just uh, hit backspace on the underscore when you're on the instas. That is very true. Hit, hit that backspace. Uh, and then you can find... Mr. Jason over here at Jason E. Kyle, K-E-I-L, on both Instagram and Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, you know, I'm pretty out of it. Happy, happy to have the first um, dose of, of the Pfizer vaccine in me, but uh, definitely feeling... Uh, Exhausted from that, that uh, overnight, you know, the graveyard volunteer shift. So if I sound if I sound a little loopy, that's why. Uh, and yeah. also, for some reason, yeah. it's more like loopier than usual. Loopier than usual. It's starting. Oh! It's, it's it's sort of beginning to sound a little bit like I'm slipping into Dana Carvey's impersonation of of Johnny Carson. Well, <laughs> some that's some wild, weird stuff, Jerry. Weird and weird and wild stuff. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, back to uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, uh, I wish you had seen it because I would love to talk about it because it is fucking phenomenal. It's yeah, I Taika Waititi should have. All the money to make all the films he ever wants to make. <laughs> now, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? 
Yeah, fucking love that movie. I wasn't. I, I liked it. I, I like it, and it's been a few months since I've seen it. I just don't remember being blown away by it as everyone else was. I, I um, was one of those everyone else. I I loved it. I thought it was great. No, and I'm not sure. Like it's been a while. I couldn't. I couldn't accurately describe my feelings about it back then because it was like probably a year ago when I saw it. It's just uh, like you know how many how many how many different ways are there now? How many you know how many ways are there to tell a World War II story that haven't already been done? And, yeah. Um, and I thought I thought he did it pretty well. He did it in a way that was different enough. Uh, and yeah, he's just, I, I don't know. I think he's, he's just a genius fucking filmmaker Be, between those two films. And then, um, of course what we do in the shadows and, uh, and, uh, Thor Ragnarok. And of course what he did for the Mandalorian. Just, yeah. Uh, let Taika well, he was the voice do whatever of, the fuck he wants. Yeah. He was the voice of, um, uh, what's the robot? Um, IG, IG 11. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and well, he also directed an episode or two. Yep. I, I, I'm on his, uh, <laughs> I'm on his, um, IMDB page as we speak. Um, he did, um, the, um, I think he did the season finale of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, apparently, this is interesting. He's probably the perfect guy to do it. Um, he is directing a pilot for the, uh, a TV show based on the Terry Gilm film, Time Bandits. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That that'll be interesting to see what he does with it. I I don't know. I just he is probably my favorite. I might go so far as to say he's my favorite filmmaker of recent times. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No. Uh. Have you seen Eagle versus Shark? I have not. So that's one to check out. Is that one of his I, first I, ones? Jermaine Clements in it, right? Yeah. Um. Like, and he's in like. Done fly the Concords and right. like all the other, um, but I, re- it's been a while since I've seen Eagle versus Shark, but it's pretty damn charming. Um, as all things New Zealand are, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, well, uh, whether I, it be I, your, whether it be anything that Taika does or sp- split ends or, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you've got Flight of the Concords, you've got. Taika Waititi, you've got mm-hmm. um, Jackson, what's his name? Something Jackson, Peter Jackson. Uh, yeah. You've got the Finn brothers mm-hmm. and and their, their offspring, all making some of the best pop music around. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of talent packed into, into a tiny My spot. friend, I have everyone who has been born in... Uh, New Zealand up on my IMD page DB page right now. <laughs> and let me tell you, <laughs> um, it goes farther than that. 
like you got Carl Urban. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, did you did you finish watching the uh, the boys? No, I haven't finished watching it yet because um, I got wrapped up in other things. But um, there's more, sir. There's more. Um, I happen to be a fan of Russell Crowe. And, I uh, thought he was I, Australian. He's from New Zealand. He's he was born in New Zealand. Hmm. So, and um, Richard Curtis, the screenwriter behind Four Weddings and a Funeral and Love Actually, yeah, born in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Jane Campion, mm-hmm. born in New Zealand. Uh man. Uh, the um. I think that pretty much kind of covers it as far as well-known or cool people go. Um, there are some other people who I know because I'm a nerd. Um, uh, Peter Jackson's wife, Fran Walsh, uh, born in New Zealand. And it's all Wellington, New Zealand, like this one city. So there are probably tons of New Zealanders that we have overlooked at this point. Probably. Um, Probably, and that probably even more charming than the last. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Taika is like on the top of IMDb's um, star meter. So, well, I mean, there I, you go. I, I'll just say I, we can abandon the talk on Hunt for the Wilder People because I would like to have a deeper discussion of it, which I don't feel I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to risk spoiling anything. Uh, since you haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I, we can come back to it. And it's sort of the unofficial recommendation for this episode because I already had in mind what I wanted to recommend. So mm-hmm. this is not counting exactly, but okay, I, I do highly recommend that. I've been on a doc kick lately, and but sadly the the documentaries I've been watching are kind of, um, with the um, some exceptions, have been kind of lame. You know, I've got about 20 minutes left of that, uh, the last blockbuster. Oh, I watched that. I watched that yesterday. I've, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got just a few minutes of it. It's, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. That's all. It. Yeah, that's all it is. That, that documentary. It's a good piece of nostalgia. That's yeah. It, it runs on that for about another hour. That movie could have been a half an hour long. Um, I could yeah. have really done. Yeah. I really could have, Done with that Doug Benson. Uh, <laughs> I like Doug Benson though. I, um, I I like he's funny in in doses. Um, I, I don't, for me, I would have done without Brian Posehn. He was kind of a dick. Um, but <laughs> I like Brian Posehn. <laughs> I, I I like him too. I I just he in this particular instance, uh, you know, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was fun to see Paul Shear, and uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could always do without the guitarist oh. from Smash Mouth. No, no, you know who's the dick in that movie? I'll tell you who the dick in that movie is: Lloyd Kaufman. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> he wasn't. That's why. What he, that's why he only gets one hundred and twelve <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you don't know, like. Don't you have a Chiron? Like. Yeah, but people find it more. <laughs> yeah, well, he was finally. he was an asshole. There's there's a good reason yeah. they only gave him 112 seconds because he was a dick to that that whoever was filming it. Like, you know, I, I like trauma stuff 
just fine. But man, what an ass! He was an asshole to those guys. Yeah, and I, I get. I mean, you couldn't find a trauma movie in a blockbuster to save your life, right? Because um, of their policies, but um, but man, that that documentary just literally could have been a half an hour. Just focus on the on the woman who works there and the attention it got, and like, and you already know how it ends. Like, I don't. Because I didn't know okay. if that thing is... I, I still have 20 minutes left. And you know what? I okay. found it a delightful thing to have just on in the background and not to have to pay too terribly much attention to. I liked seeing skinny Kevin Smith, uh, you know, and uh, uh, and like I said, Paul Shear and the guy from uh, Savage Garden was charming. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I do I like Savage Garden now because he has those he had all those Star Wars posters up behind him. He had a Revenge oh. of the Jedi poster up behind all these framed like cool ass you know Star Wars film posters. I'm like, do I now like Savage Garden? And that lasted for about five seconds, and I was like, no, I don't. Um, why? Why? Why can't you like Savage Garden? It's not that I can't. It's just that I don't. Um. So, um, I don't know, I just, I uh, know we were talking off mic about another person, but, um, I I just don't see why it's, it's it's completely inoffensive. It's fine. I'm just personally, I'm not a huge fan of it. It, it does nothing for me. Um, I had an, uh, an ex who was really into, into that, um, into that album. Again, they're just one like um, I know we we're kind of talking about this off mic, but it's just one of those like late nineties, early aughts bands. That yeah, that were around for like five minutes. They pop up, yeah. they throw a, a, a couple of radio hits up there, and then they're gone. Yeah, and they're harmless. Like yeah, if totally. Anything. That's why I said they're inoffensive to me. They they mm-hmm. I, I nothing them. Yeah, like and there was something I was going to ask you, but. Um, when we were talking off mic, but I kind of wanted to ask you maybe while we're on mic is like, um, like bands like that, your, um, your savage gardens. And, um, there's one that came to mind immediately that you and I probably pay a little more attention to because of where we live and where we're from, um, or, or you're from, um, because you're, I don't know, you can consider Phoenix your hometown, but, like, would you care even about, like, the Gin Blossoms so much? You, for one, are you even a Gin Blossoms fan, and would you even, I am not a Gin Blossoms to you? fan. Uh, I do not have any Gin Blossoms records. I, I, I'm, I'm not, they're another band that I, kind of nothing. Uh, you know, yeah. I did bop along to Allison Road when it was uh uh on the radio everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. They, I mean their radio hits were fine. It was a, a staple of of uh you know when I would turn on VH1 when I got home from school and have like the yeah. have the videos playing in the background while I was doing my homework. Um I like that you listened to VH1 uh when you got home from school. <laughs> 
I, you know what, when that that speaks volumes about me, sir. That when I was it in does, high school, it does I was a I was a VH1 kid. Um, <laughs> it's like I, I don't know if TRL was around back kid. when you were <laughs> when you were around back then, but it's like, hmm, do I want to listen to Dr. Dre or do I want to listen to Peter Gabriel? And it was Peter Gabriel. I'm choosing the Peter answer Gabriel. was Peter Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Am I on down. the t- I was I had the history of music video from A to Z going on, you know. Well, uh <laughs> Am I on the TLC tip or do I want to watch that Bruce Hornsby video again? The Bruce Hornsby video. <laughs> And that's okay. Well, you should have been listening to Dr. Dre too, but uh. <laughs> and you know, I, I I've I've gone back and listened to to more of that stuff as you know as I've aged. But when I was a teenager, I was I was into you know they were showing much more of those of the '80s music videos. I was I was into new wave. I was into the mm-hmm. anthem rock of the '80s. You know, in particular, I was I was pretty heavy into into Springsteen and and U two. And, uh, you know, some of those, uh, some of those, those, I don't know, for some reason, I, I, I have since become like, I still like you two, you know, very specific albums for me, but, um, well, yeah, uh, you know, I definitely grew out of that. I don't listen to quite as much of the, uh, of, well, so <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't going to do the what's in my bag thing, but this kind of gives an example. So this is what I, I you know I, I told you because I went and volunteered at the State Farm Stadium for the uh, COVID vaccination site overnight. I didn't have to work today, so you know came home, took a little nap, got up, and um, you know I was like I have the rest of the day free, so I'm gonna. I you know tracks and waxes. I don't even have to cross Camelback to get to, you know. So yeah, um, where take I take the sides, take the take the residential streets. Exactly, I can just kind of walk through my neighborhood and and hit up the the tracks and wax. Um, you know, I like I like doing that every once in a while. Stinkweeds is still. I go to Stinkweeds and I go to Zia, um, on every Saturday pretty much. So. <laughs> Uh, it's it's nice to break up the the record store routine and go to go to tracks and wax every once in a while. But so I here's what I picked up. This kind of gives an idea. I I think that this. <laughs> I see. You haven't even shown me the first. I can see the first one a little bit. I'm like, so. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I, I picked up a copy of of uh, John Cougar's American Fool. Yeah. Um, I picked up. Which is fine. We, like we all agree that uh, Johnny Cougar is yeah, Mister Mister Mellencamp. <laughs> um, I, I I unabashedly love Mellencamp. Uh, come yeah, as you me. should. As care. you should. No, no, you're. I'm not giving you shit. Uh, I'm not giving you too much shit about the sting either. I just immediately saw. It. I I love the first I, three or four Sting albums. I I think they're great. Um, I would say that no. I probably even listen to them more than more than the police. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I like the police still, but mm-hmm. uh, so well, also, well, that's the 
the one that you have, the Nothing Like the Sun, that's the one with Englishmen in New York in it. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I'm a big fan of that, of that song. I'm actually, I really like that album. Um, I mean, it's no 10 Sumner's Tales, um, that's, but it's, it's really good. I, I, the thing about Sting is, um, he can, he's a guy away with lyrics and music, but he also, he's got a real skill in, Picking uh, who collaborate with. Um, yeah, I mean, like having Wilton Marsalis and. Yeah, like I, I a friend of mine, um, isn't. Uh, I'm sorry, Branford Marsalis, not Wilton. Yeah, Gil Evans. Well, a friend of mine is uh, who's a big jazz aficionado. Uh, kind of went out a little sting rounds, like, oh man, he, um, because he was. You know, Sting made this jazz album and Sting got the credit, but like it's a Marsala thing. I'm like, no, you gotta give Sting the credit because mm-hmm. he knew to pick, uh, was it Winston Branford? Branford, yeah, Branford, right? And like, he did he the knows- arranging and everything. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's a Sting album, yeah. So, like, they like Sting knows who to like, Sting knows is a such a fan of music that he knows who to pick. I mean, it doesn't give him an excuse for being an asshole no. to Andy and Stewart. Not at all. Or yeah. anyone else for that matter. I concur. Um, <laughs> um, but um, I'm sorry. Continue. You were... Well, I got my, my second copy of Graham Parker's Squeezing Out Sparks, mm-hmm. which I, I think is still the best Graham Parker album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's odd. It's like, his, it's like his The Stranger. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Stay with me on this, but but because it, it, I'm not, you're not wrong about that. It's just you're making the comparison to Graham Parker to Billy Joel, which I'm sure would give both of them pause. Probably Graham Parker more than Billy Joel. Graham Parker would be like, "Why the fuck are you comparing me to Billy Joel?" <laughs> Billy Joel would buy you a beer and probably a job. <laughs> well, and Graham Parker Graham would smash Parker a beer would on my head. S- yeah, he threw the ball on your head and probably Saki in the jaw. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but here's why I'm making the comparison. Because I think The Stranger is nine tracks, seven of which are amazing. Uh, maybe, maybe cut it down to six, probably six. Um, but, and then two or three of them I think are terrible. Um, and... So it, and they real they they ruin an otherwise perfect album. And might I add, it's why I think that Fifty Second Street is actually a better album. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, for for me, um, there's there also okay. with squeezing out sparks. There's like two or three songs on here that I think are weak. I think waiting for the UFOs is a weak track. I think. Um, Saturday Night is Dead is just not. I, I think it's kind of inconsequential. But, you know, the album, you know, bangers right off the bat, right? I'm using that term correctly, right? Um, <laughs> I believe so. It depends. <laughs> Tell I'm, me their songs. I'm, I'm saying that they're great songs, right? <laughs> if so, It's a banger if it's a really good. This, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, 
Discovering Japan, local girls, nobody hurts you, you can't be too strong, passion is no ordinary word. Yeah. Five tracks right in a row. Bangers, right? Yes, I believe I believe you're using the term correctly. Okay. So anyway, but I, I think overall I think he's done he's done some albums that are end to end nearly are just about flawless. They just don't mm-hmm. pop as much as the the first half of it does. Um mm-hmm. so anyway, that's that's my opinion on that. Then I picked up this John Prine record. Let's see which one is this. I can't read this. It is Is this just self-titled? I think it's just self-titled. It is just self-titled. John Prine, sitting on a bunch of hay. It's got um Angel from Montgomery, which is that's a track I knew off of it. But, you know, I figured I should probably get into John Prine. I'm just he's somebody that I know is amazing that I've seen perform live. I think is fantastic. Um, but I never really got into him, so I'm giving that a shot. I also picked up Stevie Wonder's Music of the Mind. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's time to time to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, I Talking Book, I, I, I would always recommend Talking Book, too, but... Yeah, uh, it's 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 one and, of the in their visions. It's part of the classic period. Yeah, um, but then you know, I also to round that out picked up uh, <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Part Two, the Restaurant at the End of the Universe. It's got it's the radio drama on vinyl. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's just this complete piece of pop culture ephemera that I couldn't pass up for six bucks. And because I'm a squeeze completist, I have a copy of the 12-inch Hourglass single from 1987 that has uh, the B-sides, Wedding Bells, and Splitting into Three. Of course. So Because... I don't remember exactly what the point of that was, but... No, I do remember what the point of it was, because you were giving me shit for being a VH1 kid. I'm just saying. I wasn't giving you shit because I was a VH1 kid, too. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that that was the... Um, you know, it was part of the foundation of of uh, what became an eclectic and and very well rounded uh, taste in music and willingness to try new shit. That's well, not necessarily what's current. Well, I mean, I again, like I like I dabbled in both music video stations, um, but. I liked VH1 because every so often they would do like A to Z. Yeah. So you could watch all the Duran Duran videos. Yeah, like which are great. An and would never be yeah. able to be, they couldn't make them now because they're yeah. so sexist. <laughs> it's, and it's funny because I'm. It just Rio and Hungry Like the Wolf alone. Both of yeah. which are great songs, by the way. But those, yeah, there's no way those videos are getting made now. But um, before you uh, before you keep yelling off your porch, old man. <laughs> uh, it's just funny because I'm getting um, like uh, I'm getting the kids, my boys, into um, more eighties music, um, and 
uh, I figured the best place to start would be like, um, and it's going to be weird, but I, I, Michael Jackson, like, cause he made the best videos. Well, he can't um, hurt them anymore. And, so, well, it's, <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> no, he can't, <laughs> but he, <laughs> my oldest loves the shit out of beat it. He thinks it's, it's great the song. greatest song. He thinks it's a cool ass video. He loves Thriller, though I won't want show him the video yet. Uh, he, yeah, he's it, too young for that. Yeah, he's he, too young for the video. He's not he's ready seen, for Vincent Price. He he's seen the dancing when he's a zombie and stuff. He's seen like that part, but I won't show him the the full fourteen minute video because like it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Um. And, like, he just likes watching, like, he was watching Van Halen the other day. Mm. Um, like, Jump, of course. You want to talk about sexist, sir? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Van Halen brothers uh, and um, and and Eddie uh, uh, or uh, and uh, Dave. David, David Lee Roth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Diamond Dave uh, uh, will not be... Uh, Will not be profiled in Miss Magazine anytime soon. <laughs> let me tell you. No, not so much. Or, or ever. <laughs> um, but like, it's just I miss. Um, I, I get uh, going back to nostalgia. Like, I miss that. Like, as a form, um, the way to present music like that. Um, I I would argue so. that it's coming back more and more. Mm-hmm. Um. They're just, there's not, you know, like I, the, um, I, I thought that both the new crowded house video, uh, for to the Island, uh, and, mm-hmm. and the, uh, and the new St. Vincent video, I thought were great examples of like classic, uh, concept music videos. And I watched that crowded house video after we talked about it and that was great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was really great. Um, and um, I, I just, the thing that, not to be old, you know, old, the old man yelling at the cloud, but there's a difference between like you're um, someone doing something gimmicky like, um, okay, go, um, you know, running on treadmills or doing these um, elaborate video trick videos like all the time. And they just have to keep doing them to one up mm-hmm. like the one that they did before and get like the attention that they want. Um, like I remember when I worked for, um, I to, to the point where like, I remember when I was working for a large insurance company and um, we sponsored they sponsored one of their videos. Mm. Uh, there was like product placement because OK Go can't really afford to do these. <laughs> you know, it's trying to make money off the videos as much as they can. Sure. And uh, whereas Cry House and St. Vincent, though I haven't seen that video yet, though knowing the type of artist she is, she's just going to, you know, they're going to do something that visually represents what their music is. And I miss that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember even listening to albums 
and just thinking like what's like if they do the video for this what's it gonna be like what's mm-hmm. it gonna like do and um even um uh, god it was like 20 years ago when talking heads came out with that box set that oh the long uh, that long box set the uh, the once in a lifetime oddly shaped uh the one that uh, doesn't have a baby on the cover Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's like the representation of um, nothing but flowers, the visual representation of nothing right. but flowers. Um, there's the first thing is like this DVD of like all their videos. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to talk um, about people that took advantage of the art form and like broke ground on stuff like that. You know, or even something like the that Fatboy Slim video with uh, with Christopher Walken in it. Um <laughs> You know uh, the the stuff that Spike Jones was doing with music videos, the stuff that Beastie mm-hmm. Boys were doing with music videos. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It does. There's not if if artists are doing this, it's it uh, it's it seems like it's more um the exception rather than uh, the regular promotional tool that that it used to be. And mm-hmm. there's not a there. You know, as far I, I, I can't remember the last time I watched anything on VH1 or MTV, so I don't <laughs> even know like where is there other than YouTube, right? I mean, basically people are are doing these things and putting them up on YouTube and on their websites, and that's yeah, kind of well, it. I don't have a cord, you know. Uh, I don't have cable, so if I'm gonna yeah, watch a music either. video, I'm gonna watch it on YouTube. Uh, from what I'm to understand, if uh, uh, VH1 no longer uh, shows videos, as does MTV, uh, they no longer show these things. But um, they've been phasing it out for a long time. When I did have cable, they had it mm-hmm. was less and less and less. There was no like mm-hmm. MTV doing 120 minutes that that had long gone. You know, mm-hmm. that was glorious. I missed those days. That was, it was that was something. That like when I was doing that article, that article on Electric Records for AV Club, I got to watch like these old 120 minutes episodes a little bit. Dude, it's, just... it's great to see because you had all of these like alt rock legends, you know, college radio legends po- dropping in. You know, at the at the mm-hmm. beginning of grunge, you know, seeing mm-hmm. seeing you know, uh, like. Where else? Where else was Mark Lanigan going to pop up? You know. Yeah, it's like and Matt Penfield was like seeking this out. He wasn't just some talking head, right? Like he was always looking for like he's such a knowledgeable guy. And like I, I was even listening to like he has an interview radio show now, or he did because I was like listening to them, and and he's just one of these sharp dudes who like just. Did me you know, made it his thing, and I just missed that. Um, I miss, you know, seeing this artistic representation um, of like what music, a visual representation of what music is supposed to be. Um, and it's fun to kind of like relive that with my kids, um, you know, even though it's <laughs> Michael Jackson of all people. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Again, it's gonna it's gonna date us both of us, and it's gonna make us sound yeah. pretty old, and it's gonna make me sound pretty old. But I, I mean, I used to get those those video collections. Originally, it was like VHS 
Um, but then mm-hmm. DVD also, where you would have like all of uh, all of an artist's videos uh, in a collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was great to, to like have on. And, you know, even the mm-hmm. era of the like the concert film is kind of gone too. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that, well, um, it's it's kind of crazy. That, that used to be a, a pretty pretty decent, you know fun thing to to get especially for somebody who a lot of the time these artists were not somebody that i was going to be able to go you know to be able to afford to go see especially as a you know as a teenager and then as a as a uh, poor 20 something um yeah to to be well, able to throw on a, a copy of uh you know like a bruce springsteen live or a, a joe strummer yeah. or even to get like i one of my still favorite things is uh the neil finn um sessions at west 54th dvd i have (laughs) i um did you ever get any of those director's labels collections like they had like back when dvds first started coming out uh well yeah i mean because um yeah, where you would have like the Spike Jones music videos, and you would have the um, Michelle Gondry, um, yeah, stuff like that. Had, yeah, those are great. I had the Michelle Gondry, and I had the Spike Jones one. I don't know if I still do, but I, um, like that because Spike Jones videos were just ones that I would seek out, and I figured if he was directing the video, um, it was worth probably worth listening to. Um, before he kind of became like a, I think he's sort of become a director for hire now for like, as far as music videos go, but he was just so clever with what he did. And, um, like again, like those fat boy slim videos they did mm-hmm. and the beastie boys videos they did like sabotages in the criterion collection. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like that's, and it's like, there's just. I think with clever ripoff of yeah, it's kind of like this clever ripoff of like um, Sturski and Hutch theme, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, even the Michelle Gondry ones, um, as gimmicky as some of them can be, there's some real artistic stuff there. And like, look at what he's like. Look at what those two have like gone to now. They're both direct Charlie Kaufman scripts like on the reg. Yeah. Uh, or, and you know, they're like, and um, I mean, David Fincher, if he, uh, God, they should do one of him. Yeah. As his videos are just um, insane and, uh, and great. Um, and uh, they did this, um, the Ringer did a few months ago. It was like Fincher week because Mank had com- just come out on Netflix. Mm. They went through all the video music videos he directed. Um, again, you had everyone from George Michael to Madonna to like Nine Inch Nails to like, and just there's definitely like a theme of like dark color corrected <laughs> filtered yeah 
pristine stuff, but man, like he has style and so everything. if we want to track this, we know the video killed the radio star. Um, yeah, what killed the video star? Um, the real world, the show, <laughs> the, basically the other programming, whatever extra yeah. stuff. The yeah, when VH1 started doing like the best week or or remember the eighties or the remember the whatevers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, doing all this original programming over mm-hmm. over showing videos. Jersey I think so. Shore. Yeah, I think uh, I think the real world like kind of you know twisted the knife and then Jersey Shore just kind of pushed it in. Um, <laughs> yeah, accidentally, like you know, in the most bro way possible, just like yeah, yeah, inconsequentially like, nudged it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's also the time when I just because I've also watched the I finally watched that Britney Spears doc. Um, like. I remember TRL isn't really a thing anymore. Um, and music has become so diversified. Like, what are you going to, like, what are you going to show? Right. Um, and I, I, again, like, like looking at my, like looking back on like the people who I talked to for this Electra story, I remember one of them, one of the A and R people, just saying like, um, "Like, I couldn't tell." He was definitely being Grandpa Simpson yelling at the cloud, but mm-hmm. um, like music, so there's so much music out there, and it's become so, um, you know, eclectic, and um, like there are no gatekeepers anymore, essentially. So, like what would MTV even show at this point? Like other than a Billie Eilish video, which Apple TV can do with the documentary. Right. There are too many other people doing what MTV used to do. And at least with YouTube, an artist can make some money off of it. Right. You know, um, so, and I mean, taste with music becoming so different now. Like, I don't know where would you put, even put it, like on VH1 or MTV. Like, yeah, I have what no would idea. you even other I, than like a whole, countdown show? They become so just inconsequential at this point mm. that. And but for a long time, I mean, that mm. was they were you know valid sources for making you know informed mm-hmm. musical decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I even remember like there, and again, like the, the, I was talking to like the promotions guy, Electra, and he was telling me how Motley Crue did this video that MTV wouldn't play. Hmm. And he got them to like any place that and Motley Crue at the time was opening for Ozzy. And Sharon uh, had let them, let the Motley Crue people say, call MTV and have them play this video um, uh, that they refused to play. And they the requests after every show were so high that MTV eventually had to cave and play it. Like, they don't, there's no one, there's no artist, I think, who can command that anymore 
unless it's Taylor Swift. Sure. I I don't even like. Can you name an artist outside of Taylor Swift who can command that? Other than maybe Britney Spears at this point, because that documentary opened my eyes to like the massive fan base she still has. They're literally like changing her life right now. Right. Um, Hashtag free Britney. Yeah. Like those free Britney people are going to change, are going to make a significant change to conservatorship law if they're successful. And they're already making dents in it. Because it's because. That was the whole point of the documentary. The real point of the documentary was while we as a um, as a nation uh, all owe Britney an apology, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's really it's really a way to have you learn about conservatorship law. Um, and it, it's really clever how it does it. Like as you... Um, and you see what her dad has done and how he controls her, uh, you know, was trying to control her and how she fought back and how her fans have rallied for her. Um, it's really amazing to like the power that they're having, the, the, the free Britney people are having uh, again. Like I don't think anyone other than Taylor Swift has this type of power. Um, at at this point, to you know, to you know, bring billions of viewers or fans to uh, a station or any, or to to help MTV or VH1 yeah, or you know, I'm else. not interested in in helping MTV. I you know, it just the thing is that as long as and I guess it really is YouTube at this point, right? But the the outlet mm-hmm. for I I just think it's still that if if artists are approaching it as an art form, there's a lot to be had from it. I mean, have you have you been to the Gorillas website recently? No, I haven't. Their videos are fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to talk about the the concept videos of that, and then to also, I mean, not just not only are they amazing videos in and of themselves, but to watch the evolution from that first album to. Uh, to song machine stuff um which you know i thought was a pretty underrated album by the way i didn't hear a lot of noise about that album when it came out last year but um Mm -hmm. i really liked that one i thought it was a good entry into their canon i'll be perfectly honest i forgot i completely forgotten they released an album until you just reminded me well you're welcome because it's yeah um if you like gorillas it's 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 pretty fantastic and beck is on that album right beck is on there elton john is on there um yeah there's a lot of great guests on that album. So, thank you. I learned something from you just now. That rarely ever happens. You're welcome. It does. It, re- it does rarely happen. Thank you for highlighting yeah. that. <laughs> so, I give credit where credit is due, Jared. You're welcome for reminding you that an artist that's been around since 1999 uh, is still making great music. <laughs> Damon Alpern is like, is what got like ten bands at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, you know he wakes up and he records an album, basically. Yeah, I mean, and they're, because, they're like, all pretty good. I, you know, even that yeah. one that he did with uh, with Flea and Tony Allen, um, 
Is it like Rocket Juice in the Moon or something like that? Yeah. Great stuff. I, I, like, I thought Blur was done. I could just focus completely on Gorillaz now. And, and then, then he dropped another Blur, Blur album, and it Blur was album. great. Yeah. And then, apparently, there's going to be another Good, Bad, and the Queen album coming soon. If they can... I'm all for that. Anything that gets yeah. uh, that keeps Paul Simon on working. Uh, yeah. It's like... But who are they... That begs the question, who are they going to replace Tony Allen with? I mean, Tony Allen is irreplaceable, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. well, easily one of the top drummers of all time. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that they'll, like... They, he has like some, like some hen drum tracks at some point, like of Tony Allen and oh, just, just stuff that he's that he had re- maybe stuff they'd recorded. That yeah, or I don't know. Uh, Damon Alburn can <laughs> he can get just about anybody. I'm just saying those first two yeah. those first two records um, are. I mean, he's he's definitely integral to the sound of that. Uh, he's he's really what makes it interesting. Um. um. In my opinion, anyway, I I, I think, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's um, it. But gorillas is kind of like, like they have to rely on a visual medium because they are like what car- they are cartoon characters. And yeah, and the concept being that the that the musicians themselves are are these comic book characters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I mean, that's why he didn't, he wouldn't perform live as gorillas for such a long time, mm-hmm. uh, because he was, you know, trying to maintain the mystique of the band, basically. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, I mean, like everyone knows, <laughs> like well, of course, knows. but I mean, it was fun. I mean, and what they yeah. were doing was, was great. And then when he did perform, you know, when he did do gorillas live, it's amazing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way they pulled it off is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, and that's another thing. Like you don't have someone like a Damon Albarn any, like he's like, well, he is the Damon Albarn. Um, yeah, we do have somebody like Damon own. Albarn. His name's Damon Albarn. Uh, but yeah. no, to your point, I mean, anybody else that kind of chameleoid, uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, I mean, and who the thing is that there might be, and they just aren't doing that thing yet. Because who would have thought that the guy, you know, who produced those those first few Blur albums, which I love, was gonna, you know, then produce the the music that he's gone on to do with Gorillas and Good, the Bad, and the Queen, and and uh, you know the 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 solo efforts he's had. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the only the person who probably just got this off the ground or in probably, and you know, you probably Perry Farrell. Really? Uh, could, well, I mean, cause he on that level. No. Well, I think no, definitely not on that level, but you have to think that like between Jane's addiction and porno for pyros, like right, he was going, I I'm, I'm thinking let's look beyond I mean who's the new Damon Alburn basically Oh there's uh damn I don't know Um I don't Connor Albers could probably be the indie Damon Alburn Well you know but year. I'm I'm thinking that that the new Damon Alburn is going to is going to be like a St. Vincent or a Phoebe Bridgers um Mhm 
you know, or or something like that. Um, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that the that the next Damon Albarn is a man. Yeah, I agree. Your to your point, I would agree that it would be someone like Saint Vincent uh, or Annie Clark. I think she's the so she could be that person. Uh, speaking of last thing before we head into um, into uh, recommendations and wrap up the show, the only Saint Vincent album I don't have oddly enough is the one that she did with with David Byrne. Oh, how is that one? It's good. Is it? Um, I mean, I. It's neither. It's. It's neither a fully a. Obviously, it's neither fully a David Byrne album or a St. Vincent album. Right. Um, it's been a while since I listened to it, though some of those songs do show up in America Utopia, hmm. um, uh, the musical. Um, it's. It's fine. I mean, it's no. Yeah, it's. It's fine. It's. It's not something I play on regularly, but you should definitely give it a listen. Um, it, I'm sure I'll, I'll end up with it for completest purposes, but yeah, it's interesting to me how, I mean, they're both geniuses in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting how when, I mean, there are occasions where those collaborations end up being among the best of their work. Uh, mm-hmm. and there are other instances where there it's, you know, it's not quite the best of one person or the other and together it's just kind of okay as a curiosity. It's, it's neither a curiosity. I mean, it's curious if you like them both. I, it's just something I barely, I, I kind of barely remember it. You, you, you sometimes occasionally remember, oh yeah, this exists. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Um, you know, and some of those songs are, are, are good and solid. Um, but, um, it probably isn't, uh, I don't think it probably be given what, what each of them have done since. Um, I would say if anything, it could be a curiosity because it probably helped. Um, St. Vincent, you know, tackled digital witness and Mm. mass seduction. Um, And I think definitely um, did give, um, um, probably helped David Byrne to like form something more, like a more cohesive thing with American Utopia. I think he realized and again, I'm, I'm, I think he helped in some way realize that he, all these indie artists were coming up with like complete visions for albums, um, from, from song to tour to, you know, sort of like what he used to do mm-hmm. with talking heads, what arcade fire does now, what David Bowie used to do, you know, um, did, um, I think that maybe something happened to both of them when they were working on the album. And they didn't even, from what I understand, it was like a, 
email situation where they would just trade stuff back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, who's to... I, I would have, I would love to be a fly on the wall, I you know, when those two were writing those songs mm-hmm. or working on that stuff. But um, it probably is more of a curiosity than anything, though. I mean, there's nothing. It's not like Metallica and Lou Reed. <laughs> it's not. It's not Lulu. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you would kind of expect. There's nothing... Nothing revelatory? Yeah. But, again, it's been forever since I've listened to that album, too. So. like, And it's funny, it's like you... Um, you hear the one song that I think of from that's in American Utopia, it just fits right in to, like, the rest of that playlist. Mm-hmm. So you would never know... It was something he wrote with St. Vincent unless he told you. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, there you go. Well, let's wrap it up and do recommendations. Um, All right. What you got? I, I was going to shout out to you first, my oh. friend. I, I think we're doing this more and more, that you're getting yours ready while, while I'm... I'm I am not getting my race, sir. I am ready to go. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to be polite. Well, I, I thought okay, let's not, let's not do this, Jason. Let's not fight. Let's just let's just be cool. <laughs> let's be cool. <laughs> okay. uh, I will go ahead. I, I'm going to rec- recommend something that's a little different from what I normally have been doing. It's a it's a web series that started uh, relatively recently. Do you know who who Dana Gould is? The comedian. Comedian Dana, Dana Gould. Uh, who wrote for Saturday Night Live for a long time um, and who uh, wrote for The Simpsons for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Very funny man. He has a, um, a a show called Hanging with Dr. Z. Okay. Um, and have, have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Okay, so the conceit of it, it's 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 like a talk show. It's kind of a talk show. It it reminds me a lot of um I mean, you can't watch it without thinking of of uh Space Ghost, basically. <laughs> um because it's got, you know, it's like the the little um uh you know, TV in the corner. Uh, of the desk and the and the you know the artist on you know, or the uh, the interviewee on on uh, on video clearly, um, mm-hmm. but the conceit of it is is that it, it is Dana Gould in the Doctor Zayas costume, <laughs> so it's in the persona of Doctor Zayas. So all of these you know. Um, <gasps> As you know, basically, as somebody who was part of the, uh, it, it's 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 a total throwback to, um, well, I mean, like an odd throwback to a styling of the uh, like old Johnny Carson show or old Merv Griffin or something like that, you know. So I mean, he's in this like seventies getup and uh, and yeah, in the in the in the ape costume the entire time. It's great. Um, and so, like the most recent one was Patton Oswalt, um, but he's also had on Paget Brewster, Tim Meadows, uh, Stephen Weber, 
Bobcat Goldthwaite. Um, and they're short. It's like, you know, less, most of them are less than 10 minutes. Um, and there's also, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, uh, like the fake sponsors. Um, <laughs> so there's like the, uh, you know, being sponsored by Mickey Rooney's potato fantasy family restaurant, um, home of the disco spud. And, uh, <laughs> you've got, um, like, you know, it's all, it's all fake stuff. It's, there's a, uh, uh, you know, like an ad for, for Nimoy world magazine. Um, and, uh, <laughs> this uh, is great. Clinger creations, salad dressing, um, and, uh, dicking around the pool, Dick Van Patten, um, it's uh <laughs> I'm going to read this from the website. So you can you can head over to hangingwithdrz.com or you can also see these on on YouTube. Um and that's great. So you like you see the the it's it's a total like 70s throwback cover um album and and it's got a sticker on it that says non-promotional copy must be purchased. Um and it's called Dickin' Around the Pool, Dick Van Patten, and the uh, Brent Marsden Cassiatone Conundrum. <laughs> and, and the little like blurb of it is, Here, here's something. Dick Van Patten, innovator, instigator, and unadulterated genius, brings us the album The Village Voice called A Cross Between Rod Stewart and Ma- Male Pattern Baldness. <laughs> <laughs> Dick's newest release on Fuxley Land Records is Dickin' Around the Pool. It's available beginning Monday at Tower Records, Licorice Pizza, Wallach's Music City, and other fine record outlets. Look out, Mr. Mm-hmm. Clark. Rock and roll just got a new dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the level of humor. I think it's hysterical. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So that's my recommendation for the week. It's called Hanging with Dr. Z. You can go to hangingwithdrz.com or just search for Hanging with Dr. Z on YouTube. All right, well, so. that's excellent, sir. <laughs> I I can't recommend that to you. Uh, I I I can't wait to turn that on. Yeah, you'll have to check. I, the, yeah, you'll you'll. I I think I think you'll find it very funny. No, well, again, I said I was ready, um, and 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 you weren't. I was, <laughs> but. At the same time, I don't necessarily want to recommend something that I haven't completely finished yet. Um, so I'm going to save that, put that in my pocket for next week. Uh, I am going to recommend a movie uh, that you can watch on Hulu uh, called In of Itself. Have you heard of this? That, that sounds familiar. So it's about... So it's... It's a documentary. It's a con- it's sort of like a concert film with this off Broadway thing, and it's, it's this illusionist named Derek Delgadio. I heard Marin talking about it. That's why. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard him talking uh, about it. I and it's and it's directed by Frank Oz, the you know Yoda, Miss Piggy, yeah, Yoda, Miss Piggy, Yoda, and director of Dirty Ron Scoundrels. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, um, makes a brief appearance in Knives Out. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, very 
he, uh, but he needs it, it, he needs no introduction. He's very he needs, talented, yeah, it, very storied individual. But it's sort of like this weird conceptual, like illusion base type thing. And um, like I recommend, and if you watch it, it's on Hulu. I recommend doing what it suggests at the beginning: shutting off your phone. And, fo- and not pausing and just focusing on this because it's like these little it's not like David Copperfield it's like these very personal um, like things about identity and how identity can be an illusion um, and about who we are and it's I just can't fully explain. The less you know going in, the better. Just go just go along for the ride. Um, and if at some point you don't at least get a little emotional over it, mm-hmm. then um, uh, let us know. And um, I'll, have, I'll send you a brand new heart in the mail. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> it's just, um, you learn a lot about him... Like and you learn a little bit about yourself, and then there are celebrity celebrities in the audience that pop up, um, and it's just I can't explain like how he does what he does, but it's just um, just go along for the ride and just enjoy enjoy it, um, and and you know, it makes you think, and I haven't um, and. and and it's more about sleight of hand. It's just about identity and who you are, like who he is, and maybe a little bit about who you are. Hmm. Like it just starts off like this. Like you think like you're like doing some Tony Robbins thing at one point, and then it just turns into something completely different, and uh, it, it's really powerful at times. Um, so yeah, uh, in and of itself, it's on Hulu. Um, it's gonna be there for a while. I think it's a, I think it's a Hulu original. So cool. Um, well, I will check. That yeah. Out. So, I'd be interested to know what you think if you if you see it. Um, yeah, I'll Jared, let you know because it's Just you. Yeah, you do you do the same with Hunt for the Wilder People, and I will. Yeah. <laughs> I will catch yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, I I I. Like I see what other people write about it, and, and I think everyone's experience is different too. And that's the thing; like that's a point he makes is like this isn't going to be the same for everyone. So hmm. it's just kind of bringing this this little thing to like a wider audience, and just I, I again like I'd be surprised what you what you think. So I, I'd like to know. All right. Well, that does I'm it. Done. That's another, yeah. another one in the books, as they say. Um, Once again, going in some wild, weird directions. Weird, wild stuff. Uh, Man, imagine if I had seen How the Wilder People, how different this episode would have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. We, no, we never know where this is going to end up. We li- like literally have no idea, unless you know we have, happen to have an interview or some sort of structure. It just it is what yeah. it is. It's nice to see. Um, I don't know. It's nice to see that. Uh, jo- are you even following Johnny 
Iron Sights on his Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting to see. It's been great to see how people have really taken to the album. I'd like to think um, that we have a little something to do with that. I think we did. Um, I, I do clearly. Think we did. I think all of his success for this album is is due to us. And uh, no. I'd just like to say, you're welcome, Johnny. Um, no, I'm, I'm of course kidding. No, but, no it's he. Di- I think he did. Uh, I, I think it's the songs. I think we. He definitely got the the plaid peep boot, you know, the, bump. The plaid bump. The plaid bump. The bumpitude. Um, um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I a podcast that I, I uh, the people who I know listen to I can count on one hand. <laughs> I'm sure there are more. <laughs> anyway, but. before this turns into another spiral of uh, self deprecation, let's 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 head out on this uh, and yeah. uh, and say thanks for listening. And uh, just one more thing on the way out: if you would like to support us at the five dollar a month per level or more at Patreon.com/slash Hoot and Waddle. Um, you can get an extra extra bonus episode of this podcast per month with us, and we're even looser on that one, even more wild. So that's wow. you have that to look forward to. And beyond, Platypus after dark. Yep. Uh, but beyond that, thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Try to get the shot if you can. Volunteer. Yeah. Um, I I know I want to. <laughs> So <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. The, I'm getting know. I'm getting vaccine MB uh every time on those rare moments I'm actually on social media. It's usually someone like I got my shot and I'm like great. <laughs> so Well yeah, you gotta get it so we can start recording in person again. Yeah, I, imagine imagine what those episodes would be like, man. Be even less editing for me because the uh I can cut out the uh the zoom pauses. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's it. We're just dragging on now. Thanks for listening. All right. Keep it mental. Check you later. Later, plow peeps. Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fine arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle.